They create snapshots of life. Welcome to the place where lyrics ignite meaningful conversations. I'm Angela Poe Russell, and this is Lyrics to Life. It's the new anthem for LGBTQ youth of faith as part of the movement Beloved Arise. But here I am in the fourth pew in, and the preacher man says love's not a sin. People remember Brian Faldudo as the sassy kid in the movie School of Rock. Time to write a rock song. Now what makes you mad more than anything in the world? Billy. You. Billy, we've already told me off. Let's move on. You're tacky and I hate you. Okay, you see me after class. But now he's the empowered adult, using his talents to share the message of God's love for everyone. Waited my whole life for the truth. God loves me too. Brian Feldudo with God Loves Me Too on this week's Lyrics to Life. I have to say, when I first just heard the title of the song, my I have to say my heart broke. Um, it was like all of a sudden it was just kind of um, crushing. And at the same time, there's also that empowering piece. But yeah, that was that first reaction. How did that title come to you? Uh, I wrote the song, uh, I went to, I don't know if you remember, but like a year ago, I think, about a year ago, um, the United Methodist Church had this big conference and there was this vote that happened where some of their more progressive language towards LGBTQ persons had mm-hmm. been voted to be reversed by some of the more conservative side of what was going on there. Um, and I, at the time, had coincidentally waltzed into this Hollywood United Methodist Church while I was spending some time in LA and I, was so shocked at how welcome they made me feel. It was the most beautifully inclusive community I had ever been a part of as far as the church goes. Every Sunday I would sit down and they would make it a point to let me know that I'm welcome there. Um, Everyone's welcome there, but they would always address the LGBTQ persons in the room, which was just such a contrast to when I was younger, when I just heard this rumor that I don't belong there, um, but no one would talk to me about it. It was always like this ostracizing topic. And then that vote happened and I went to church that Sunday and the pastor stood up at the front of the church and she said, I don't care what the vote says, this will continue to be a very accepting and inclusive community and we are gonna strive to make sure everyone feels like they belong here and like basically going against what was passed down essentially. Um, And it was such a beautiful, everyone was cheering her on and I was crying and I was like, this is so amazing. I'm so happy to be here. And then I had a moment where I was like, there's a kid, younger me essentially, is sitting in a church somewhere where that community voted the other way. And they don't have this experience where they know that it's okay. I'm already emotional. We're only like four minutes into this conversation, but it's, yeah, I just, I remembered that kid, me, younger me was sitting somewhere in one of those churches that voted against this language 
that would make them feel accepted. And so I went home and it was the fastest song I ever wrote. I wrote it in 20 minutes. And I was just like, this, this is how I feel. And yeah. Yeah, I, there's a part in the video, now it makes a lot of sense, well, it made sense before, but I see the personal connection because, you know, the little boy walks into the church and kind of has this experience, and it sounds like it's, yeah, it's kind of making us wonder, what would that be like for a little kid to hear that message at that age? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think that that's possible now. I think the whole point of the song is about options. I didn't like if I'm, the point of the song isn't to tell churches how to run their churches, it's to let people who are a part of churches that want to know that they can be just themselves and that they will be loved that way, that that option is out there. Because um, I didn't know about it for a long time. And so the goal is just to make sure people know that so that they don't have to be surrounded by things that make them feel like they're wrong. What do you think it might have been like for you to get that kind of message when you were you know, 10, 11 years old? I always wonder that because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder what my life would have been like if it was unfiltered from the beginning. Um, I'm not sure. In a way, I don't wonder because I'm also really grateful for my journey because now I'm able to do things like pass the message along, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, I got noticed a lot as a kid because I stood out and then I spent my whole life trying to fit in. And then now I'm spending the past four or five years doing all this inner work to make sure that I'm honoring my truth and how I feel inside and like um, living without shame and like all these things that you have to learn as an adult. But I wonder if when I was a kid, if no one had made fun of the way I walked or the way I talked, if I had, if I could have just like, I wonder who I'd be, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's shaped you to where you are today. You know, I have to say, like, you know, I, I can't, right, I can't put myself in your shoes, but I can only imagine the moment when you really feel that message. You know, it's one thing to have someone tell you, well, you know, God loves everyone, right? You know, you may be told you're sinning, but, but God loves you, whatever. But the moment when you actually get it, like the moment when you get it, you know, no, God really loves me too. I mean, the moment when you actually, yeah, when you feel that. And do you remember what that moment was? It Was it walking in that church that day? Was it later that night when there's that moment where it just settles in and you know? I think with that specific song, it was a little gradual because I, as I mentioned, I had gone to that church for a couple of Sundays okay. and I would... I would walk in and I'm pretty sure the pastor thought there was just something wrong with me because I would walk in and I would just like cry for like an hour while I sat in the pew. <laughs> just like mainly out of nostalgia, I think. I grew up in church. I spent every Sunday volunteering, waking up at 6 a.m. to go sing in the choir and lead service. And I went to private school and it was literally my upbringing. And so to be able to sit there and have the service catered to me like, you know, like in a way where I'm included, whereas it used to be like, I hope one, no one notices me. <laughs> That's like what it used to be. It was just this moment where it's just like, of course he loves me too. Like, and thank you for finally saying it. And that's the point of the song too. Like no one says it enough. There's just like, there's just not enough messaging that that's the truth because it is the truth. Much like all the cliches we discover when we're older, all these things we told when we were, we were told when we were younger that 
diminish our flame or our life or how beautiful we are are not true and it's just about freeing ourselves from these things essentially that part when you said you just tried to not be noticed mm -hmm. yeah that i have to say that gets me that gets me emotional because we are called to let our light shine you know and to be put in this environment where you feel like you need to hide yourself is just incredibly hard. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the best way I can put it. You know, so it sounds like this song might have been your way of kind of letting it settle in with you. Yeah, and that's what that a lot of my music. Um, you mentioned life coaching and how I found my voice. Music is kind of like how I first discovered that truth of how I feel. It was the first time I ever sat down with a guitar and I was like, this is something I'm feeling. And um, that's kind of like how I discovered a lot of things. And then I process them that way. And then I sing them in a song and I connect with people where I realize that it's a valid truth for me and it's a valid truth for them. And then I'm like, oh, we should do something about this valid truth that we all share. We should like, we should make it into a song and record it and let it out there so that people can hear this message essentially. So yeah. music is kind of like that place where I discover my inner whatever's going on. So that's a perfect segue to Camp Rock because I know you were part School of that. Rock. School of Rock, sorry. School I wish of rock. I was in Camp Rock, that sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds fun, right? School of I Rock. Love, I love me some Jonas Brothers. Yeah, what, what part did that play in your journey at all? Um, I mean, so much. I was in School of Rock when I was younger. Um, and that was kind of what started this whole journey of shame in a way, because um, though School of Rock was one of the most magnificent experiences I think a fifth grader can have, because how many fifth graders get to be in a major motion picture and feel like a star and go to set and go to award shows and do media things. It was so fun. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I don't take it for granted. It was really cool. But then when the movie came out, I was for 15, well now 17 years, known as the gay kid from School of Rock. And that was 2003, and there was no other LGBTQ referencing children in the media that I knew about. And it was just a lot of pressure, essentially. Um, I, I, all I knew about being gay at the time was that it was bad. My fifth grade class of boys made sure I knew that. And, um, I didn't want to be associated with this thing that I knew was embarrassing or humiliating. So I obviously, at a much uninformed, much more uninformed age, ran from it. And I think when denial gets embedded that young, it takes even longer to kind of fish your way out of that. I didn't come out till my senior year of college, which is a long wow. time after fifth grade. Yeah. Was there a trigger that you said, I'm doing it? I fell in love and it was kind of difficult to like, deny that <laughs> um but then he broke my heart which led to more songs so it's all good <laughs> <laughs> so what's your hope for this song what's your highest hope for the song okay i know it sounds cheesy but from a really realistic standpoint it's for that one kid you know the one kid who needs to hear it um which um i think with the work we're doing with beloved arise hopefully that mission will be accomplished um and then, I mean, from an obvious egotistical standpoint, which I feel like we all have to battle, I mean, I'd love for a lot of people to hear it and for it to become a thing. I feel like, as I said, this messaging that God loves everyone is not, is not as, 
accessible as it should be. And so I love that this became like the anthem for that kind of thing, um, just because it resonates so deeply with me and I definitely wouldn't mind being associated with that sort of movement essentially. I have to ask you, because you brought up such a great point earlier, that based on what you're talking about, it does not fit into what should, but does not fit into what Christian radio would normally play. It you know, definitely doesn't fit into what country radio would play. Did you have a, like, what made you go with country, or is that just what you do and it's who you are? Like, what, tell me about that. Yeah, my album that I released, like, a year ago-ish um, was, we called it Gay Country. Um, it's both a fun play on words because there's not that many queer country artists and it just kind of like is honestly a fun marketing ploy like gay country. Um, but it's also I, the country music community does need more LGBTQ representation. Um, that's changing. There's, you know, Brandi Carlisle and um, Lil Nas and mm -hmm. these things happening. There's, um, there's more surfacing and I'm meeting other songwriters through my work and it's great, such as Brandon Stanzel and Ty Herndon and all these people who are like making moves. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just, I listen to country music. That's, I worked in country music radio for three years. I was born in Jersey, so I don't know that I type into country music very easily, but it is my, uh, my favorite kind of music. I think because of the stories, I'm a storyteller. It's so funny that country music doesn't have more queer representation because who better to tell stories than queer stories? They're so vivid and so, um, there's so much to unlock there and to, to tell and to share. Um, yeah. So I feel like there should be more queer storytelling in country music. I agree. Um, before you go, do you have a favorite line in the song? I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm a writer, so I've written some movies and I oh, write cool. music and stuff. Um, and so I usually I have a favorite moment or whatever. Is there for you like a favorite line, a favorite um, phrase in the song? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I guess you'd call it the bridge. I do say very specifically, it is true, God loves you, even if you're LGBTQ which conveniently ended up rhyming. But I remember I was writing the song and that line came to me and I was like, no, you can't say that. That's too on the money, on the nose. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's exactly what we're doing here. There's not enough of that like bold statement that God loves LGBTQ persons. So I was like, yes, that is exactly what the line's gonna say and we will find a way to make it not cheesy. <laughs> Sometimes um, you gotta be on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes no, you and yeah, because there's a lot of songs like this that talk on this topic that I've that I've come to know since I've worked on this song, but they don't say very specifically like the words that maybe that person who is looking for the excuse that they aren't loved needs to hear. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. sometimes when you're in that dark place, you're looking for the excuse to stay in that dark place because it's all you know. So I wanted to just very clearly be like, nope. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I, I thought this earlier, but I, I hesitated because there's, there's so often a comparison. In this case, I think it's so true. You talked about people explicitly saying those words. And I think it's been very similar for me in terms of Black Lives Matter um, and explaining to a friend how it's not that other lives don't matter. Of course, other lives matter, but there is a population that needs to know they matter. You know, and so I think about what you're talking about and, and okay, we're saying, we say God loves everyone, but no, I need you to know that God loves you too. Like it's yeah. being explicit with it. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. And thank you so yeah. much for bringing that up because I'm also trying to do everything I can with this video and which is my voice in general to amplify the messaging that really needs to be heard right now, which is that Black Lives Matter. So thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you want us to know about the song or life lived outside of the song? Oh, no. I mean, I just, I, I, I everyone should follow my Instagram account, The Gay Life Coach, because uh, I, I, it's a daily dose of mindfulness tidbits, I think, especially with everything going on in the world. Um, as Audre Lorde says, I think uh, self-care can be a form of political warfare if we use it properly. So I think everyone should really also take care of themselves while we're taking care of the things that matter. And I try to provide tips for that on that page. So um, it's just my little contribution and yeah. Awesome, Brian, thank you so much. I cannot wait to see what else you do and to follow you on Instagram. And you're such a beautiful light. And I'm just so glad that you wrote the song. Thank you, I really appreciate your time. A big thanks to Brian. You can find God Loves Me Too on Apple Music or watch the music video on YouTube. You can also find him on Instagram. He's the Gay Life Coach and he has his own podcast. Thank you for listening to Lyrics to Life. If there's a song you'd like to explore and talk about, let us know on Instagram or send us an email to lyrics to life podcast at gmail.com. That's lyrics to life podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Angela Poe Russell.